सर नमस्ते वाई डू इनोसेंट पीपल सफर सो एज यूजल आई डिग इन टू द क्वेश्चन फर्स्ट वॉट इज द एसम्शन बिहाइंड दिस क्वेश्चन Yes, that innocent people should not suffer. No, what's the assumption behind your answer? The questioner says, "Why do innocent people suffer?" I asked, "What's the assumption behind this?" And she says, "The assumption behind this is that innocent people should not suffer." No, even Anshu is coming from an assumption. What's the assumption? that innocent people exist <laughs> the assumption is that being a person you can still be innocent that there is something called an innocent person wake up there is nothing called an innocent person to be innocent is to be free of all blemishes bondages to be innocent is to be perfect there is nothing called an innocent person and that's why we all have to suffer and we will suffer the very child that is born is not at all innocent how can you have an innocent grown up innocence is something very rare and very expensive innocence is not something that prakriti distributes freely it's just that we use the word innocence in a very loose and casual way so our language tricks us into believing as if innocence is something common and widespread and usual it is not there is nobody innocent here the infant born 5 minutes back is not innocent the fetus in the womb even that is not innocent you'll have to meditate and wonder why it has been variously said that to be born itself is the first sin that's how it was said in the testament in the indic scriptures they said had you really been innocent why would you be born at all or that only unfulfilled desires and unsettled tendencies take birth so kindly come down from your high throne that great pedestal doesn't quite suit you 
just the fact of your birth, just the act of being born, implicates you. You are not innocent. And one in a million person manages to earn innocence in the course of his great, beautiful and extraordinary life. Only one in a million person. Others are born guilty and die loaded with as much guilt or several million times more guilt as they were born with. That's the story of the common life. You are born guilty, you are born dirty, you are born conditioned. That's the dirt, conditioning. And you live your life in such a way that you only deepen and strengthen your conditioning. Most people do not even realize what is it to take birth and why they live at all. They just go about the business of living as if it is a given, as if it is something to be taken for granted. That's what the whole culture is about. You know, culture and conditioning, aren't they quite the same? Just live. Don't ask, but, but then why do I live? Where do I come from? Who am I? Those questions are a taboo. You know, to ask those things. Just continue living. And when you continue living in such ignorance, then all that you do, all that you live for, is just a long shadow of that ignorance. Your entire life is nothing but that same ignorance playing out in a thousand ways. And you are so captured by false identities and language and names and daily affairs that it doesn't even occur to you that some important question needs to be asked, some important answer is missing. You just play the game as if the game is real. Look at the question. Why do innocent people suffer? Now the questioner certainly has an image of innocent people in mind. What's that image? But the fellow didn't do any wrong. And how do you know the fellow didn't do any wrong? But he didn't violate yeah, the society. He didn't exceed the law books. Did he break any rule? Did he get into trouble with the police? 
No, he, he has been following all the customs and all the rules and all the conventions and all the elders. He has been never a lawbreaker. He has been never a renegade. So he is innocent. He has never even killed a fly. And he is so sweet. When he wants to abuse you, he says, hey, good day. So he is innocent, right? How do you know somebody is innocent? Tell me your idea of innocence. Oh, he is so loyal to his wife. Oh, she is such a devoted mother. She has never seen the face of any fourth person ever. Two kids and the husband. If you bring a fourth person to her, she'll shout alien, alien. She is so innocent. Tell me, what's your concept of innocence? How do you say a person is innocent? And surely you have an idea. Else you couldn't have asked this question, why do innocent people suffer? And this is such an oft-repeated question. You know, in theology, this is called the problem of suffering. The problem of suffering is this. If God is beneficent and benevolent, then why is there suffering in the world? And especially, why do good people suffer? In theology, that's a very central problem. That on one hand, we say, oh, God the compassionate one, God the merciful. And on the other hand, we are suffering and even the good ones are suffering. And behind that grand problem which people are unable to solve and all the priests and popes are breaking their head at it, lies this basic and dirty assumption that there is something called an innocent person. There is nobody called an innocent person. And the ones who did attain to innocence, they didn't quite suffer. Go and ask them, did they suffer? No. The priest is suffering. Christ didn't suffer. You can crucify him, kill him, shred him. He won't suffer. It's simple. There's nothing left to suffer. Of course, there would be a lot of pain. Extreme pain. But that inner suffering, that, that simply cannot happen. It's almost like a technical thing. Hmm? How do you kill a man inside a house if the man is no more inside the house? The house is there. The man has vanished. Now you can keep burning the house or crucifying the house. The man won't suffer. That's the thing with the innocent one. The man within the house is the guilty ego. The house is the body and the mind complex. The house, well, you can do anything with it. You can raise it to the ground. Hmm? 
you can hack it down, whatever. But there is nobody inside the house now left to suffer. Therefore, there can be no suffering. But that, you see, is a one in a million case, no point discussing it. It behoves us to rather discuss our own condition, rather than speculate about the inner state of a Christ. So we will suffer. So the question now is, why do we suffer? The question now is, now that we do suffer, what do we do with our suffering? That's a more relevant and useful question. We do suffer, what do we do with our suffering? You can either let your suffering become a stumbling block in the way of your liberation, or you could let your suffering energize you towards your liberation. It depends on you. It's a conscious choice you have to make. Most people let their suffering de-energize them, stop them, engage them, limit them. And then there are others who work even more, who get resolved even more exactly because they suffer. They let their suffering be their fuel. The more they suffer, the more they know that they love liberation, that they love joy. They don't shy away from suffering. A point comes, they start inviting suffering. They say, come. I want to see what remains of you. I want to see how much power you still hold over me. I'm not running away from you. You are within me. I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want you to do your worst to me. I want to see whether I can survive you. And if I can survive you, I'm going past you. And if I remain scared of you, then you remain happily sitting within me. I don't want that to happen. That's what courage is all about. The willingness to not only tolerate suffering, but actually to inflict suffering upon oneself. Not needlessly, obviously, not senselessly, obviously, knowing fully well that suffering has the power to purge. Are you getting it? So don't ask, why do I suffer? Ask, what am I to do with my suffering? Do I beat my chest over it? Do I cry and complain over it? That's one way. Do I devise a thousand deceitful ways to run away from it? That's another way. Or do I face it, sit with it, talk to it, 
embrace it and transcend it. Hmm? That's the way less chosen. That's the right way.